Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would speak that truth to our hearts this morning, that we are yours. God, doesn't matter what else is said from up here, God, we just want to hear from you. We want you to speak to us from your word. Uh, we want you to speak into our hearts, speak to us on a soul level, God, and just help us uh, to see the truth that you want to bring to the surface in our life. We pray that in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. All right, well, hey, how's 2017 going for you guys? Everybody doing all right? Yeah? Okay, good. Some of you not so good, maybe. Um, how many people have made a resolution in 2017? Any people? Nobody made a resolution, all right? You, how many of you just didn't want to admit it? Like, I already blew it, all right? Or some of you might be working on the resolution from, like, 2004. You're like, okay, I just keep refreshing that one. Here's really how it goes around my house. Like, um, we, we always, for whatever reason, at this time of year, it's like we need to get the food thing in order because we're coming off of December, and we're eating everything in sight, right? Like, so there's sugar, there's sugar, and there's more sugar, you know? Um, it's like Will Ferrell when he talks about in Elf, you know, the, the basic food groups, candy, candy corn, and maple syrup. That's pretty much it. And so at our house, we've just accumulated all this stuff, and Jess is like, we need to go on a, a cleanse, right? Like, we need to cleanse ourselves of all that, and I agree with her 100%, but I'm like, there's still a lot of good stuff here, right? There's still a lot of, like, stocking stuff that's still around. There's still, so this is kind of, this captures my mentality, is like, I need to start eating more healthy, but first I need to eat all the junk food in the house so it's not there to tempt me anymore. And I really tell her, I'm like, babe, I'm doing you a favor. I'll eat that pizza that we ordered the other day, and I'll finish it all out. You start today, all right? And so that's kind of how, how it goes for us. And um, how many of you guys, again, made a resolution? Let me just see it one more time. All right, two of you, all right? So good. That's right. Everybody else is happy with the person that they are. That's good for you. All right, <laughs> number one resolution. Here it is. Anybody got any guesses on the number one resolution in 2017? Yeah, eat healthier. That's typically that's typically at the top of the list is eat healthier, be healthier. This year it was different. The the number one resolution this year is I want to be a better person. All right, we're getting beyond the superficial level. That's exciting, right? Like I want to be a better person. And so um, there's something just hardwired into us that at the turn of every year we feel like we have this fresh start, this fresh opportunity to do just that. Carl Bard once said, although nobody can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. And that's how we feel at the turn of a year, right? Okay, I got, I got a fresh start at making a new ending, right? I can't, I can't start completely over, but I can start right now and I can make a brand new ending. And nowhere does this ring truer than in the words of Scripture. Read these words from Lamentations 3.22. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends, his mercies never cease, Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Each day is a new opportunity to write a brand new ending. It doesn't matter if it's not January 1st. It doesn't matter if your resolution has already gone out the window. Today could be the start of that brand new ending for you. And I, every uh, time I preach, one of the things, one of my favorite traditions, not every time I preach, but one of my favorite things to do is to go out and get a good run in in the morning and just really spend some time with the Lord. Some of you are like, that's not spending time with the Lord for me. That's like hyperventilating. I hate to run. But for me, it's just kind of, it's my element. I love to get out and be in nature and just hear from the Lord. And so I just took off running this morning, ran several laps around the park. And my prayer was really that God would draw us into his presence this morning, that this place would be so saturated with his spirit and here's the sense that I've been getting and here's the sense that's been building around here and that we really truly do believe that this is going to be the best year yet 
And I want to speak that from, from me to you this morning to hear this really could be your best year yet. Why? Not because I know your future, but because I know your God. And as Lamentations just said, he is faithful. So this could absolutely be your best year yet. So let's just kind of, as we go into this morning, as we read the Luke story, I pray that you would just view it with those kind of eyes and say, God, invite me into that kind of story. Invite me into the story that you have for me. Invite me into the best version of 2017 because I want to grab a hold of it. And so the story that we're reading today as we continue on in this series and so much good stuff. And if you've been just tracking with us, I encourage you, um, if you haven't been here, to jump back a week and uh, just take a look at what's happening online and listen to that online so that you can catch up. Because so many cool things were happening as we are following the gospel account, the eyewitness account of Jesus and his life and who he is. And our hope throughout this is that you fall more in love with Jesus. Because we believe that as you fall more in love with Jesus, that you have the best shot at living your best version of 2017 and it really truly could be the best year yet and so let's go ahead and turn in the scripture we're going to look at Luke 5 today verse 1 through 11 and man there is so many things happening in this section of text so many different directions you could go Um, but I believe that God's um, driving us to some specific ideas about himself and so I hope that he reveals himself to you this morning as we dive in so let me just give you some background about what's happening last week we saw um, again turn Luke chapter 5. Last week we saw um, the seeds of revival starting to spring up, right? We, we see John and he's out preparing the way for the Lord. Jesus gets baptized as he prepares for ministry. He goes through this temptation and comes out untainted from it. And so now Jesus is beginning and we read, and I'm just catching you up to where we are in Luke 5. Jesus goes into some synagogues and he unrolls the scrolls to say, hey listen, these prophecies are being fulfilled in your hearing. The time is now. I'm, re- I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to bind up the brokenhearted. And, and so th- in the middle of all of this that's happening, we see this revival beginning to take place. And God is present and he's in the midst of all that's happening. And so as we read here in Luke chapter 5, here's what we read. It says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Again, uh, people were hearing about Jesus, and they just wanted to hear what he had to say. And so crowds were starting to just accumulate everywhere he went. And he was standing by the lake at Gennesaret, also the Sea of Galilee, as Stephen mentioned earlier. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and we took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed such a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell at the knees of Jesus saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. And man, what an incredible story. And there's so many things that we could grab a hold of in that story. And I love the personal demonstration that Jesus now gives to this group of fishermen. 
He's out teaching, and there's a variety of miracles that Jesus does, and we get to witness those. But this was a miracle meant for just a group of everyday, ordinary fishermen. Jesus displays and demonstrates his power in such a way that it encourages them and challenges them to absolutely change everything. The year A.D. 28, which is the year that we pick up the story here, was the best year yet for a group of everyday, ordinary fishermen. It's the year that everything shifted for them. And here's some things that they discovered about Jesus, and here's some things that they discovered about themselves, and here's some ways that they responded so that they could grab a hold of that life that they were meant for. And here's the first thing that we witnessed, and I love this. Um, here, here Peter is, and they've been fishing all night, right? And he's the guy that knows all about fishing, isn't he? I mean, he's, this is what he does for a living. He's the expert in that category. It would have been something that was passed down to him. And so he knows all the best spots. He knows all the best lures. He knows all the best of, of anything that there is to know about fishing. And here this rabbi is, this teacher. And at this point, Peter doesn't know a whole lot about Jesus. He knows what's been said about Jesus. And here this rabbi steps up to him and says, hey, Here's what I want you to do. And he speaks to him on that level. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and put out into the deep water again. And so here's what happens. Peter has a decision to make. He can either say, you know, I'm the expert on fishing. I know everything there is to know about fishing. Or he can trust the words of the rabbi and step into a miracle. And so Peter, you could tell maybe there's some hesitation there. And so he says, listen, master, I've toiled all night and we've took nothing but at your word. We will put down the nets. And something that fascinates me so much about Jesus is not just his power that we see in the story. It's the precision of Jesus. You see, Jesus does all things well. He does all things, in fact, exactly right. He's the only person that can claim absolute perfection. He's never made a mistake. He hadn't made a mistake up to the point uh, where Peter meets him, and he's never made a mistake since. He does everything at just the right time and just the right way. That's the one that we come to. Yet still, all too often, we come to him and say, hey, Jesus, let me give you. Let me tell you how to run my life. Let me tell you how to lead me. Don't we do this all the time? Like, hey, Jesus, if you could just help me in this way, because we feel like we're the expert on our own life. Yet Peter does something that will absolutely position him for the perfect precision of Jesus. I, how many of you guys have been to this place, Top Golf? Anybody know this new place called Top Golf? Really kind of a cool place, and uh, you're basically in all these big like um, bays, and it's this ginormous, like fascinating. Um, uh, driving range and so there's all these different places where you try to you can see these little circles and you try to get it as close as you can to the flag and there's all these games that you play with it so there really is some strategy but here's my strategy all right I'm like give me the biggest club first of all that's strategy number one and strategy number two is swing really really hard that's it like that's my strategy and I'm like Watch and learn, boys, all right? I'm about to show you what power looks like, all right? And they're all shooting these little shots with, like, warming up with their sand wedges and stuff. I'm like, give me the big club. Let's do this, you know? And so I grab that driver, and I just line up on him. Like, I don't even need to stretch out. Like, why would I need to? And so I'm just backing up, and I'm like, happy Gilmore. Anybody know what happy Gilmore? I'm just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Boom, and just swing with all of my might into this thing. Now, what does the ball do? Because I made some solid contact, but all it does is it goes, 
zoom, like completely sideways. And I'm like looking out at the other bays like, uh-oh, some people might be in danger. And it's just like flipping way out there. I'm like, wow, that was a lot of power. I was like, maybe I didn't swing hard enough. Like if I went, if I maybe I swing harder, it'll go straighter. And so it's next one, same thing, more power, swing harder, swing that thing, and same thing, whips like the other direction. I'm like, okay, something's not working here. Like I think I maybe should swing harder. So I just continue to swing harder and harder. And like um, I had to like, I think I might have had to have a chiropractic appointment afterwards. Um, but man, like I just could not straighten it out. And there's just something that didn't work about that. And one of the things that I've learned is that power without pre- uh, precision is unproductive. Because here, I was like the last, all right? I was horrible at that game. I, I didn't get any points because I didn't go near any of those pins. I just went into the side nets every single time. But man, was it flying fast at those nets. I could tell you that. And here's what I would like to suggest this morning. Is here's what Peter does. You see, Peter could have ignored the advice that he responds with this. We have tried all night. We've put all of our effort into it, right? We've swung absolutely as hard as we possibly could swing at this one, yet we came up empty. You ever been there? And maybe that's the story of the thing that you know needs to change for you in 2017. That, man, as hard as you've tried at it, as much effort as you've been able to throw at it, you just come up short. Maybe it's a sin or a habit in your life. Maybe it's um, some relational tension that you just can't fix that relationship. You just don't know how to navigate it. Maybe it's something that you know you've been called to do, but you continue to try, you continue to try, and it's not fruitful. And you're like, what in the world? I keep trying harder and harder and harder. And here Peter is, and he's sitting in a situation like this. And so finally he's like, you know what? Maybe I should trust Jesus' way. Maybe I should trust what he has to say. And so he responds by saying, you just tell us the word, and we'll put down the nets. So here's a thought. Maybe swinging harder isn't the best strategy. Maybe it doesn't matter how much effort you put towards that thing. Maybe trying harder isn't the answer. What if instead you trusted the perfect precision of Jesus? Have you been paying attention to him? Have you been listening to what he might want to say to you about that thing that you're struggling with, about that thing that you can keep running into the wall on? Have you been paying attention to the things that he's inviting you into? It's funny, last week I just went to get my hair cut, or at least that's what I thought I was doing. And I sit down, and a lot of times I'll have these conversations, and they'll just kind of, you know, small talk for a while. And then they'll be like, what do you do? And I'll be like, I'm a pastor. And that could do one of two things. That could either shut down the conversation and lead to a very quiet rest of the morning. Um, or it a lot of times opens me up to some great conversations with people. And so this was the latter. And so I just shared, hey, I'm a pastor. And, uh, and I just asked the question, do you have a local church that you're a part of? And um, Um, She starts to just share her story, and she starts to share about her fiancé and just how he's lost faith and all these things. And so just unloads all this stuff on me. And I get the opportunity to speak into her about that and speak truth to her about that and uh, encourage her on her journey to find a place where she really fits in. And here's why I share that story. Because it seems like it's just more, it's interesting that the more in tune I am with Jesus, the more I end up in the right places at just the right time. Anybody else experience that? That the more I actually give my attention to Jesus, the more I just happen to be sitting in the right place with the right person at the right time. And even though I don't have a lot of wisdom all by myself, God gives me just the right words to speak if I would just give my attention to him. So maybe it's not swinging harder or trying harder or toiling more, but trusting Jesus more, that tuning our ear and our heart to him. 
Because when I do that, the more opportunities that I have. When I do that, the less regrets that I have. I love how Isaiah captures this thought in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. He says about God, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God, we just want more of your thoughts. God, we want more of your ways. If you would just lead us more into your way, we know it would go better for us. God, give us your thoughts. What if that was the thing that we pursued more than just picking up the heavy club and saying, I'm going to swing harder at this one. Rather, we positioned ourselves to more clearly and attentively hear from the God whose thoughts are greater than any thought, whose ways are higher than any ways. So much smarter than me. If I could just get my head around that idea. And so we see Peter do this, and he positions himself then for this incredible demonstration of God's power. And so then we see, as we read on in verses 6 through 10, what happens. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to the partners of the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the fish that they had taken. And so here's what they do. They tune their, themselves into the perfect precision of Jesus. And then what follows is this miraculous demonstration of God's power. And so, and Peter, all he could do is just, I, 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 he just falls down at the knees of Jesus, right? He's so moved by this entire experience that it just takes him down to the knees of Jesus, They'd never seen anything like this, right? They'd never seen so many fish. And there was no fish out there earlier, but now all the fish were just jumping into the net, so much so that the boat was beginning to sink. They didn't even have time to Snapchat the moment, right? If there was ever a moment you want to Snapchat, it was this moment. But they didn't have time because the boats were sinking. And so you can just imagine the panic, the chaos, just being so moved by this this, what was happening in this moment in time. And they didn't know what to do. They were so overtaken by the power of God. I love this because this is the first of many miracles that Jesus will perform on the sea. Stephen talked about many of them today. And it's to demonstrate that Jesus has power over the sea. He has power over the entire universe. He has power over the sea. And so that's what moves then Peter to just fall at the knees of Jesus and say, Depart from me, I am a sinful man. There's nothing like the power of Jesus to expose our own powerlessness. If we would just climb into his presence, we would discover that he has power greater than we can even wrap our minds around. And it brings us to a place of powerlessness to say, you know what, God, you are so much greater than me. And Peter doesn't know the whole story at this point. He doesn't know exactly who this guy is, but he knows that he has some incredible power, and he knows that he doesn't even belong there. He doesn't feel like he should even be there, and so he falls at the, feet of Je- at the knees of Jesus and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. One of the things that we've had trouble with recently is there's been some confusion at our house about who's in charge, and uh, I'm not talking about me and Jess, all right? So get past it. Um, but Aiden, he's like, goes around, he's like, he thinks he's the boss, like, okay, you're three years old, and now you run the place, right, and so he's like going around, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that, buddy, you're going to do that, no, I don't want to, like, you 
you tell me no? You know, it's true. Like, as it, you know, I was like, how do you speak the logic of three years old? You know, and he's actually very logical for three. But I'm just like, you know, you know you're going to listen, you know. Like, we're about to have, you know, an issue. And so we have these conversations a lot. And one of the lines that I love that Jess always says to him, and she says it kind of in a joking way, but she means it. And uh, it's this, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, and you got to say it that way, she told me, because check yourself before you wreck yourself just doesn't carry the same power. So you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, boy. That's what she tells him. And he kind of like laughs at that. I'm like, for real, though, you you better. All right. Listen up. And I love that line. And there's there's no confusion in this moment for Peter about who's in charge. Who really holds the authority in that boat? And so Peter checks himself before he wrecks himself, and he falls down at the knees of Jesus and just says, I don't even, I don't even deserve to be in your presence. I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. He checks himself before he wrecks himself. And he'll later offer these words of advice to the believers in 1 Peter 5-14. through 14. And so these words are just as true for you and me, if we could get that up on the screen. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's not God's intention that you wreck yourself, okay? It's not. He wants to build you up, but we got to first humble ourselves before the Lord to say, i got to check myself right here because for some reason I thought that I'm actually in charge here, and I'm not. Maybe the fruit that you're going to see in 2017 starts with this humble moment of saying, I need to fall at the knees of Jesus. I need to hand some things over to him. I need to acknowledge that he is so much greater than I am, that I don't even deserve to be in his presence. Maybe for you it starts by checking yourself before you wreck yourself. For some of you, the truth is, you're just going to flat out wreck yourself. And that's how God's going to speak into your story. You're going to wreck yourself. And some of us have been there, and let me just warn you, as someone who's been there, who's actually wrecked myself, that's not the the preferred path. I wouldn't go that direction. If you could get this idea about God into you, about who he is and what he wants to accomplish in you. He wants to build you up. He wants to exalt you, but we need to humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may build us up, he may exalt us. And so, Peter, here he is at the knees of Jesus, and I love that Jesus just, and I imagine just his tone being a little bit softer in this moment as he knows now that he's just made this incredible demonstration and display of power, so much so that Peter just falls down at his knees. And so then Jesus says this to him as he's just, he's just wrecked before the Lord, and, and it says that they were all just amazed at what happened, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything, and they followed him. Don't be afraid. I've got a new purpose for you. Don't be afraid. I want to unlock your truest potential. Don't be afraid. Your place is right here with me. You see, it's in his presence that we find our purpose. It's in his presence that we discover our potential. It's in his presence that we find our place. And so he invites Peter into his presence. And so what happens as Jesus invites him, he says, and he doesn't even ask him in this text, right? He says, don't worry. From now on, here's what you're going to do. 
It's more of a command even than an invitation. And why? Because Jesus knew that, hey, what I just showed them, that doesn't happen. And so it would be crazy not to come follow after him. And so then as we read on, we see that they grabbed their nets again. They threw those nets on their back and they started following after Jesus with all their nets dragging behind them, right? That's what we read. Wait, no, it doesn't say that. It says, when they had brought their, net, their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. They said, I, why, why would we bring anything that's going to slow us down? Why would we bring anything that we don't need to carry anymore? So they left everything and they followed after him. And here's the fear that I have about the American church. We're notorious for saying, we want to gain the most by giving up the least. And that really goes for a lot of aspects of our culture. And we see a lot of people even through the gym setting and other things we work in. Hey, I want the results, right? I want to gain a ton. I want to get quick gains. I want, I want gains. I want gains. I want gains. But I don't want to give up anything. And so I don't ever try to sell the gym to anybody. I just say it because I know there's a certain mentality that needs to be in place if you're actually going to see the results. And it's when you're willing to give everything up so that you can actually see those results. And what I fear, the American church, is, man, we just want to gain the blessings of God. We want to gain the benefits of God. We want to gain the eternity that God offers. But just don't rearrange my life too much, God, please. Just don't take this one thing. Let me hang on to this. I'm going to bring this along for the journey, if you don't mind. Everything else you can have. Just don't mess with my schedule too much, God. Just don't mess with uh, the things that I want to have control of in my life. These guys were willing to give up everything. And those nets, nets represented their livelihood. It represented the things that they actually understood and had control over. It represented all the things that they knew. And they were willing to just let those things go and follow after this Jesus. And if we stand to really gain in the kingdom, it's going to take us getting to that same place where we're saying, you know what? God, I want to give you all of me. I want to give up everything for you. I want to follow you wherever you want me to go. Show me what that looks like. And they would tell you that it was the greatest gain they could have ever experienced. It was the best decision they ever could have made. It's the best decision that I've ever made in my life. Some of us, I think we're still just carrying around that baggage, carrying around those habits, carrying around those things that just slow us down each and every day when God has so much more in store for us if we could just release our hands from the nets that we're carrying. This past week and actually the beginning of the year, the Lord gave me a verse. It's really kind of been um, the verse for me this year, and it will continue to be the verse for me this year. And it was seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. And I love how the NLT version reads. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. If you would just seek after Jesus, seek after his kingdom, he's going to take care of all the things that you need. He's going to unlock your potential. He's going to help you to find your purpose. He's going to help you to find your place if you would do that. And this past week, I've just been really praying, God, reveal yourself to me. I just, I want to hear from you. I want to I seek you. I want to do what the scripture says. And so I want to seek you. Just, just speak to me in whatever way you want. 
a couple days later, a woman comes in uh, to the coffee shop. And there's so many elements of the story that I could share, but I'm going to make it simple. And you probably wouldn't believe me if I shared a lot of them. And I'm just sitting back there. I'm doing my own thing. And people come into the building all the time, and they're usually trying to, like, from an energy company trying to sell us something. And so I typically hide. I'm like, oh, somebody's coming. Like, I need to get out of here, you know. And, but this person caught me off guard, and one of the preschool teachers brought her back. And she greets me. This is a little, small little Israeli woman. And she greets me. She says, shalom, brother. And she's like, I can't even do an Israeli accent. I'm not even going to try. But she just, like, speaks to me. And she starts to share all these things with me. And I'm like, I'm starting to realize that maybe she didn't come to ask something of me, but she came so that she could share something with me. And I'm like, this is crazy. You're going to send an Israel. I asked you to reveal yourself. You send somebody from Israel? Really? And then I'm like, I come to find out that she has the same name as Moses. She kept telling me, you know, uh, Zipporah, that's my name. It's the same as uh, Moses' wife. I'm like, really? You're going to bring Moses' wife to come speak to me? I'm just sitting back here. I'm minding my own business. I didn't even seek this out. And uh, so here she is, and she's sharing all these crazy stories with me. I'll share some more of them later. But I said, you know, I thought maybe I should pray for you on your journey because she's an evangelist going all around sharing the gospel. And, but you need to pray for me. And so she's, like, praying these powerful things. And I'm like, I still don't know what to do with all of them. But then she told me this line, and this line is stuck in my mind. It's just continued to ring in my ears. She kept saying, stay close to Daddy. He wants to build you up. Stay close to daddy. He wants to build you up. And it gives me chills just thinking about it again. And those lines have continued to just circulate in my mind and heart. And that's the truth. If you would just stay close to daddy, if you would just draw close to Jesus, he wants to, he desires to build you up. He desires to give you the best year yet. If you would simply leave everything and follow him. The most powerful place we can be is as close as possible to Jesus. There was this cool story that um, I ran across as I was reading. It was this, um, this disabled boy that um, his father wanted to give him the opportunity to do some things that, that he loved and enjoy some things that he, he couldn't do on his own. And so he built this harness for him. And he just attached him to the front of himself and said, I want you to enjoy soccer in the way that I enjoy soccer. And so he straps him up to himself, and you can just see the joy on this boy's face. Getting to do something that he never thought that he could do. And here he is, attached to daddy, getting to do the thing that he never thought he could do. And man, is that just the face of pure joy. Never are we more alive than when we're closest to Jesus where we're meant to be stay close to daddy he wants to build you up the band's going to come up but i just want to give you some challenges what this might mean for you and i really do i pray that this is the best year yet for you i pray that this is the best year yet for axis church i pray that this is the year that some of you would finally make that decision i don't know what's been holding you back i don't know what you've been afraid of I don't know what net you've been holding on to. But Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with him. I pray that this would be the year that you learn the true joy of knowing him. That he brings you to life as you trust in him. I pray that this would be the year that you started actually living for him instead of living for yourself. 
I pray that this would be the year that you started making that decision to lead your family on a spiritual level and say, you know what, I want to draw them into closeness with Jesus just as I walk in closeness with Jesus. And I pray that this would be the year that you do that. I pray that this would be the year that you finally lead that person you love into a relationship with Jesus. It's time to get up and start doing those things. It's time to get up and start stepping in that direction. I hope that this is the year that you let the perfect love of of Jesus Christ chase out fear and anxiety in you. You've been carrying that baggage for too long. What if this was the year? What if this was the year that you finally forgave that person? You know who it is. It's time to make things right. Why would you carry that baggage into 2017 if you don't need to? It's time to let down that net. Maybe this would be the year, and I pray that this is the year, that you finally took that big, bold step of faith. That one that scares you to death to think about. But you knew if you just took steps toward it, that you'd be stepping into the thing that God wants for you. The thing that you're passionate about. The thing that God could use to change an entire group of people. What does that look like? What if this was the year that you finally stepped into the potential that God has given you? Stop making excuses. And you said, you know what, God, I just want to follow in your footsteps. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what the details are going to be. But I know, Jesus, if you just strap me on to you, I'm invincible. And we believe that this is going to be the year. This is going to be the best year yet at Axis if we do one thing. If we pursue Jesus with all that we have. You in? I want you to think about it. Are you in? Do you absolutely want what God has for you in 2017? We're going to spend some moments here. We're going to sing a song. And this song is really a declaration to God to say, I want to follow you, whatever that looks like. And so if you're ready to release a net today or if you need some kind of prayer for something that you know you're going to hold on to and you're going to drag out this door for a whole other year, we'd love the opportunity to pray for you. We have some people and just anybody that wants to come and pray for somebody, you must be up front. Maybe some people sitting in the back too and just kind of spread out throughout the room. But if you would like prayer for something or if you just want us to pray for 2017 to say, God, make it the best year yet, we'd love the opportunity to do that. So as you sing these words, I want you to think about, am I really in? Am I really willing to leave everything behind and follow in the way of Jesus? This could be the best year yet. Let's seek God now and ask him to do those things. Father, I just want to be close to you. Draw us into your presence. God, if we're putting up a barrier right now in our heart, I pray that you would bring that barrier down, God. Help us just to meet with you in these next moments. Speak to us about that thing, God, that we, don't, that we want to keep from you, that we don't want to talk about right now, God. Bring that thing to the surface of our hearts so we can finally deal with it. God, I pray that you would wrap your arms of grace around us. You would help us and you would whisper the same thing as we just fall to our knees before you, God. That you would whisper that same thing that you whisper to Peter. And that's, do not be afraid. You want to exalt us. You want to build us up. 
God, I pray that this year would be the best year yet, God, that this year that we would seek you harder than we've ever sought after you, that we would make you our primary pursuit, and that we would give you the very best of all that we have. God, we pray that you would help us to let go of the things that are slowing us down so that we could take hold of the life that is truly life that only comes through the name of Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.